0: Well, hello, everyone. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries. Thanks so much for joining us uh, today as we uh, get ready for another World Events Update with my good friend Randy. It's been almost a week since he was last on last Friday, and uh, boy, as always, there are a lot of things happening in World Events today, so we always appreciate his insights and comments on World Events, and we will introduce uh, him Here in just a moment. But I want to begin uh, by just sharing a couple of passages of scripture that I came across this morning as I was getting ready uh, to talk with Randy. I'm going to call today's uh, podcast, you know, we have a different emphasis every time we talk with Randy. And I'm calling uh, today's emphasis God the Wicked and the Day of Doom. God the Wicked and the Day of Doom. And I got that from uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4, which tells us. The Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. And that word doom, I'm reading from the New King James. I kind of caught my eye and I did a little word study. It's actually quite common term in the Hebrew uh, Old Testament. It's used, if I recall, over 300 times. Uh, It has various different translations depending on the context. Uh, For example, that Hebrew word doom can mean calamity. Disaster, distress, injury, misery, trouble, misfortune. And I think you get the idea, all of those are kind of synonyms, and and depending on the context, they can kind of certainly be a harbinger of tough times to come. And so what we read in he in Proverbs 16, 4 is that there is a day of doom coming for the wicked. And uh, Proverbs later, elsewhere in Proverbs goes on to say, the fear of the wicked will come upon him and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. That's from Proverbs chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. So we see this contrast, of course, in Scripture, thinking of God's big-picture plan of the ages, that ultimately the wicked, all unbelievers, will stand before the great white throne judgment, and God will bring a day of doom, a calamity to all of uh, Satan's minions and those who refused to receive the free gift of eternal life and be saved from the penalty of sin. Job, when he was uh, responding to one of his uh, so-called friends uh, in the book of Job, in this case it was Zophar, and Job is responding to Zophar's uh, speech, and he says, quote, "...for the wicked are reserved for the day of doom." They shall be brought out on the day of wrath. So we've talked a lot uh, here at Not By Works Ministries and written a lot about the the coming day of the Lord's wrath, which is that seven-year period following the the rapture of the church. And uh, it's variously referred to as the overflowing scourge or the 70th week of Daniel. Jesus called it the tribulation and the great tribulation it's called the time of Jacob's trouble it refers to that seven year period following the rapture that uh, really where this this cosmic struggle between god and satan comes to a climax and and so when i'm talking here about god the wicked and the day of doom i'm sort of summarizing the end of the story and uh, if you have not had a chance to listen yet to our tuesday night podcast or watch the video. Uh, Tuesday night, as you may know, we kicked off uh, Prophecy Night with Not By Works Ministries, uh, uh, and it's going to be an ongoing affair every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 30. And we had a fantastic uh, launch to that new uh, ministry. And I talked a lot uh, Tuesday night about the beginning and the end and the big picture plan of the ages that God unveils in his word. And so uh, I just was encouraged to be reminded about this coming day of doom, because so much of what Randy and I talk about uh, portends to difficult times ahead if the Lord tarries his coming. And we might begin to get discouraged and we might begin to to think, wow, you know, why are we having to suffer so much? By the way, this <clears throat> Sunday. At our home church there in the Denver area, Plum Creek Chapel, I'll be uh, preaching on suffering from Acts chapter twenty-two as we continue our study through the book of Acts. But uh, it's easy to get distracted by a suffering. Uh, and uh, by the way, I it just occurred to me I actually talked about suffering on the podcast that uh, is going to drop later today with uh, David Fiorazzo on Stand Up for the Truth. So I encourage you to check that one out as well. Uh, but as we focus on suffering, it can be discouraging, but we need to remember who wins in the end, and we need to remember, as uh, Peter tells us in 2 Peter 2.9, that the Lord knows how how to deliver the godly out of trouble or temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. A day of judgment is coming. At the end of the book of Job or near the end Job gives his sort of summary defense of of all that he's been uh, discussing with his four uh, objectors there and he says this for what is the allotment of God from above and the inheritance of the almighty from on high is it not destruction for the wicked and disaster for the workers of iniquity and Paul tells us in Romans 9 that God has prepared those vessels of wrath for destruction. Uh, So we see that context of doom again and again in the end times uh, prophetic portions of Scripture. Babylon, for example, is going to have their day of doom. We read about that in Jeremiah 51. The Antichrist and the false prophet will have their day of doom. We read about that in Revelation 20. So uh, God, the wicked, and the day of doom. We understand God is working out His plan, and uh, we understand that Uh, That plan involves uh, uh, rescuing the church from this present evil age at the rapture, and then the rise of the Antichrist as he takes the helm. Uh, And it involves wars and rumors of wars, as Jesus talked about. And so what we're doing on our uh, weekly world update uh, with Randy each week, and sometimes more than once a week, depending on the news, uh, is just taking a look at current events, news items, and, uh, and making some speculative comments about them to see how this may be fitting into God's end times plan. I want to reiterate, as we've said often, that we are not sensationalists. We're not here to set dates. Uh, All we're here to do is present the information and then try to connect the dots through the lens of Scripture. We don't have any secret inside information of dates, uh, but I tell you what, Randy, as we get Closer and closer to the return of the Lord, things are really heating up, and as I've said often, if things are heating up on earth, it means they're heating up in the heavenlies, and uh, we are waiting for that eastern sky to split. But lots going on, especially as it relates to the saber-rattling and uh, the, the, the war posture with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, and other surrounding nations. Lots to talk about perhaps with China and uh, Taiwan and those types of things. So as always, Randy, great to have you uh, on the program today. Looking forward to kind of what you have to share and, uh, and welcome. Hope things are going well for you.
1: Well, things are going well. Same to you. And um, thank you for having me on. We have a lot of <coughs> updates and interesting information for this week. So rather than Terry, I will get started. We're gonna start with the simple and go to the complicated. Um, in my perusing the news and talking to people, I see that the satanic temple in New Mexico has set up an abortion center for mm. people that wish to utilize that. And um, they'll be happy to write your prescription for medication if you need it to abort your baby. Mm. I thought that was just the top of the news for that day. Mm. Mm. Um the former U.K. defense minister, Gerald Howarth made a comment on British news that he believes it's time to send troops into the Ukraine. I think there wouldn't be a worse time in my life, but maybe maybe he's correct. Now, was he he's talking about record. British troops
0: or was he talking about American troops?
1: All, all troops. All he's troops. Yeah. The U.S. He's well, ready for a fight. Well, that's nice, of,
0: that's nice of him to send our young men and women into harm's way, isn't it?
1: Well, exactly. He sits there. He's in 70s or 80s. He knows he's not going anywhere. But if Putin has his uh, druthers, he might be going skyward, too. You never know. In Thailand, on the COVID front, we've been hearing different things and fighting back and forth with the jabs, no jabs, et cetera, for years now. But in Thailand, the princess of the Thai king evidently got a jab a few weeks ago before Christmas. She became ill with a supposed bacterial infection right after that, and now she is basically in critical condition. Well, uh, Dr. Baki, B-A-K-I, heard about this and contacted the royal family in Thailand, and they flew him over for a conference. He explained to them how it was not a bacterial infection. There's Um, there's no evidence of bacteria anywhere in her body. But he said, it looks like it's a complication of the COVID um, vaccination that she received. He gave them a nice little um, interview, went over all the facts for them. At the end, every minister in there slammed their hands on the table, stood up and said, we're canceling the contract for Pfizer. We believe that their COVID vaccine is not valid. We believe that it has caused damage and injury to our people, especially to the princess. And they have negated the contract and opened the way for litigation against Pfizer in Thailand. Now that's yeah. a first.
0: That's that's amazing, and we're seeing more and more of that. In fact, and and it was interesting uh, just a week or so ago. I saw Bill Gates in an interview uh, you know, admitting that the the. Current vaccines do not block infection so that when new variants come along, they lose their protection. Well, I mean, originally they claimed, no, 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 these are going to stop infection. That's why everybody has to have. them. that's why we had all the vaccine mandates and stuff. But now, you know, the truth is coming out. And those people that were persecuted for, for speaking the truth early on during the pandemic are being vindicated. And even the, the U.S. is now uh, announcing the end of the emergency declaration that President Trump issued on Friday, the 13th, April 13th, 2020. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely the tide is turning, but I would not get your hopes up because I believe that this is intentional on their part. They're sort of setting the stage for what they know is going to come next. And uh, so it's certainly a positive development that we're no longer under these unconstitutional emergency powers acts, but uh, it definitely, I think, is a harbinger of of more trouble to come when you really get right down to it.
1: Well, I think it's great news for what we've already known, but now we know that there supposedly to Bill Gates, there'll be another um, pandemic of something, maybe COVID related, maybe something else within the next year or two. So my question is, are we going to have to go through all of this again? Or are people going to take a long look at it and go, we're just not interested? Thanks, but no thanks. And so it'll be interesting to see just how much Mr. Gates, Mr. Klaus Schwab, and the rest of them, how much influence they have. Or if they basically burned up that little bit of credibility they had, and people are just not going to go for it. Yeah, The world is getting to be aware.
0: Yep, no doubt. On
1: our frequent on our favorite financial uh scene, the BRICS countries which is Brazil, Russia, China, India, South Africa, Saudi Arabia and there are a couple more that are getting involved. BRICS plans on having their own currency in effect in August of 23. They are working on it diligently and they believe that they will have it totally done by then. And then they will have no need for the American dollar whatsoever. So we have seven months in which to anticipate them doing that. Uh, I wanted to talk to my banker this morning, but he was busy because I know they've all had their training for the CBDC. And I want to see where he's at as far as that digital currency goes. I'm going, have you had your training? When are they going to institute it? But unfortunately, he was busy, so we don't know what his thoughts on her. Right now are uh, yeah,
0: and, and let me chime in on the CBdc's, the central bank digital currency because we need to remember that that's just one piece of a larger puzzle. They're going to use the digital uh, you know currency uh, in conjunction with a digital ID to roll out full spectrum planetary control. And I I have said several times recently when I've been asked on different interviews that I think it's going to be tough for them to, you know, 100% roll out the global digital currency globally uh, in every corner of the earth prior to uh, the rise of the Antichrist. But I believe it's definitely setting the stage for that. And they could be at 70 to 80% so that by the time the rapture happens and then the Antichrist takes the helm uh, with the signing of the seven-year treaty with Israel, uh, he it would be very easy for him to then fulfill Revelation 13 and take over complete control of the world, because by that time, most countries will already have signed on to a global currency, a digital currency. So um it's really interesting. I mean, people have to be able to nuance what's happening and and, and not think in strict all or nothing terms. It's definitely a, a trajectory that is not good. I've spoken about it extensively. We have a couple of videos on our site about CBDCs. Um, and, but remember, that's just part of the puzzle. The bigger issue is when we all have to carry these digital IDs in our smartphones, and you will have to have one, whether you have a smartphone or not. And at that point, they will be used for everything buying, selling, traveling, medicine, doctor's appointments, obviously, any type of banking and means of exchange. And I've said before, Randy, you know, whatever you do, don't sign on to that. Now, you'll, you'll have to suffer for it. You know, they'll make it extremely difficult. Um, you know, it's kind of like right now. It's very difficult, frankly, for people that are engaged with culture and have, you know, public ministries like Not By Works Ministries, for example, to completely go off the grid. Could we do it? Yes. And we're prepared to do that when the time comes, but it will be a sacrifice because no longer will we be able to do podcasts like this. No longer will we be able to reach people with email and and discuss and answer questions. No longer will we be able to do conferences and you know, share messages on Facebook and those types of things. So it can be done, but uh, for now, you know, we're taking you know the devil's tools and the tools that the Luciferians are going to use someday to roll out a full spectrum global control, and we're using them for the Lord's glory. Uh, when the digital IDs are rolled out and digital currencies, to me, that's a fish or cut bait moment when we will have to, I believe, whatever the cost, uh, draw the line. It kind of like the vaccines for me and my family. You know that was a line in the sand. I would rather face execution than take the vaccine. There are fates worse than death, and I was not about to do it. And I think you know that decision is being vindicated now. Um, and I always like to interject before I throw it back to you, Randy. Whenever I mention the vaccines, I inevitably get uh, responses from people that say, "Well." I took the vaccine and I didn't have anything bad happen. Well, you should be thanking the Lord for that because there were some batches and lot numbers from the manufacturers that were not tainted and were not part of the depopulation scheme of the Luciferians. And, uh, you know, if you were part of that, uh, then, then you dodged a bullet. Um, but the facts do not lie. The numbers are overwhelming. The evidence is incontrovertible. These are the death shots, no question about it. So you should not play, you know, Russian roulette with uh, these uh, these vaccines. By the way, I think that's the reason why m- most major sports figure, you know, institutions like the NFL, um, you haven't seen large numbers of athletes in the public eye dropping like flies. Now we had the the one player from Buffalo. Uh, who had the heart attack and, you know, which is very common. It's an exponentially increasing side effect, myocarditis and other heart defects from the vaccine. But that was rare. We didn't see a lot of it. We saw them globally all over the place and pockets of the country where especially young people, otherwise healthy people were dropping like flies. But I believe they intentionally uh, gave, uh, you know, public figures, either a placebo or faked the shots. I mean, we know we have t- eyewitness testimony from uh, Europe that most of the UK and EU, broader EU members, uh, p- p- prime ministers and leaders, uh, did not get the real thing. That that came out about three weeks ago. You can search for that. Um, it was on record. Uh, they've admitted it. And then we also have, of course, Fauci himself. Back in the early days of the release of the vaccine, when in America part of the you know programming uh, propaganda machine was to show on national TV all of these public figures like Trump and Biden and different people getting the vaccine. Well, uh, they showed uh, Fauci getting it. And then just a few hours later, he was on one of the uh, news talk shows, and they were asking him, hey, how you feeling? And and he grabs the wrong shoulder. He grabs the opposite shoulder where he got the live injection and says, oh, I'm feeling pretty good, you know? So, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, evidence out there that there, are, there were multiple batches, and they gave the deadly ones to many regions of the country, and they gave, you know, placebos or faked it uh, to others. So, Anyway, uh, what else you got for us, Randy? Sorry for that long little commentary there, but I just couldn't resist talking about the CBDCs.
1: No, that's okay. What people don't understand is that I believe that, as we've talked before, that the COVID is a targeted virus. Now, some got a placebo, some got the actual COVID vaccine, but just because something hasn't happened to them yet doesn't mean it won't. I mean, we have the obvious myocarditis and some of those issues right now, But let's face it, we don't know exactly how that was set up, what it's supposed to trigger. And we could find out in a hurry hurry that it affects many more people than what we've seen so far. You know, it's just kind of like we've seen the top of it, but I don't think it's done yet. Since China has opened up, people are leaving the country. We're getting information that the total deaths from COVID in China are between 300 million and 500 million. They have been devastated by it. They have bodies piled up in the street. They can't run the crematoriums fast enough. They're putting them on ice, and they are still losing 36,000-plus people a day. So evidently, China tries to portray that they have this issue under control. Obviously, it's not. So it's coming back again. We supposedly have a new variant coming in, so we'll see how bad this is. Who knows? Um, On the markets. Um, listening to some of those yesterday, a lot of the commentators are predicting a crash sometime in the next six months. We have a uh, Michael Burry who says sell everything you have, which I don't know if that's a good idea. Then we have a um, Caleb. He said the uh, Black Swan event is about to happen, and he said all of these gentlemen say you get into hard assets. Now, whether that's metals or that's a home, or property or whatever, everybody's going to have to make their own decision because I'm not a financial planner. Mm-hmm. I have no expertise in that area, but I want to relay that there is a sense of impending doom with all of the planners and all of the people involved in the money. Now, now I do know that I heard yesterday. Go
0: ahead. Uh, well, I was going to before you move on to that, uh, for, for our listeners who may not know the term, explain what a black swan event is. Uh, is
1: well, Black Swan event is um, an event so major that basically it changes the course of history.
0: Yeah, it's exactly it's it's a, amounts of people. It's a metaphor, uh, you know, of something rare and very, uh, very disproportionate. Um, you know, some kind of large magnitude, large scale event. So, so you're saying that uh, who was it that you said? you know, that that was predicting a crash within six months and said to sell everything just a minute okay. ago?
1: Okay, Michael Burry, B-U-R-R-Y, says sell. Taleb, and I don't remember what his first name was, but his T-A-L-E-B, is predicting the Black Swan event. And then we have Mr. Stansberry, who's been you know predicting gloom and doom for the last 10 years. It looks like he might actually be right this year. So I take yeah. that one with some grain of salt. They're, Porter, all, they're all yeah. getting
0: up tight. Porter Stansberry, you know, he has been astoundingly accurate with going back 20 years now at certain times, but I also get a little perturbed because he's always trying to sell uh, products based on his doom and gloom theory. And that always kind of gives me a little pause. I mean, obviously, if you have information and you're honest and genuine and you're putting it out there and you're making a living doing that, that's one thing. But he always concerns me a little bit. But you're right. He he has been really amazingly accurate in some of his financial predictions. But again, uh, I reiterate what you said. We're not here to give financial advice. But I think I, I know I've been saying literally for 20 years that the United States economy is on life support. Uh, and I have a graphic, actually, that I've used at conferences showing Uncle Sam with a AED attached to him, trying to revive him. And But I think it's past the point of no return now. Uh, it's not like this is going, going to happen organically, the way most of these news commentators explain it, that, oh, we're getting close. It could collapse in six months. It's already collapsed, but the Luciferians are propping it up. And when they are ready to move into their next phase of the endgame, they will push a button, metaphorically speaking, whatever it takes, they will at that moment cause it to collapse. And, you know, again, we don't know when, but based on a lot of the things that we've been Uh, talking about based on the things that I talked about in my podcast earlier this week with Bill Perkins from Compass International. I highly recommend uh, folks go back and listen to that. I think it was from Monday or Tuesday. We called it God's 7,000-year plan. Uh, Based on the data that I revealed in the volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist in the chapter on the Luciferian timetable and the things that they are saying about 2025, 2026, and so on, based on all kinds of uh, you know, sort of correlating data. It seems like we are living on the cusp of, you know the, the last day, the, the last of the last days here, the, the coming in times. So I think uh, you know, could it be six months? It wouldn't surprise me. Could it be tomorrow? That's possible too. Could it be another five years? I mean, I think that's unlikely, but again, the point is you need to prepare and and recognize that this is a tenuous situation.
1: Well, our Congress keeps telling us that they're panicking about the debt ceiling, and we're supposedly reaching it or have reached it. But yet, President Biden has given Ukrainian aid another $2.5 billion last week, another $2.2 billion this week, and Janet Yellen has just taken out a loan for the Treasury of $938 billion. Now, since statutorily they cannot borrow once the debt ceiling is released or achieved, what are they doing? If we've reached the debt ceiling, they have no money to borrow. They have no more money to give. So are they lying to us about how close we are to the debt ceiling? Or here's one other thing that I heard yesterday. Supposedly, the Treasury is getting ready to mint a $1 trillion coin. It will be flown by military helicopter to the Federal Reserve where it will remain in state as part of the assets of the United States. Now, that's the most hocus pocus thing I've ever heard in my life. You meant it. You minted a coin for a trillion dollars. It has no intrinsic value. And you say, now we have another trillion dollars. I think it <laughs> shows us just how desperate they are.
0: Are you kidding me? I mean, how, how stupid do people have to believe to hear things like that and think it makes any sense it's all for show i mean a one trillion dollar coin what are they going to make that thing out of i mean
1: it'll be made out of platinum yeah (laughs) and it's a really pretty coin you know from the schematics you can see but here's my point do we break out the crayons in the color book now because that's where we're at back in kindergarten or can we get some adults into the building before we're done i mean that's just the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life so (laughs) That's where we're at as far as the economy goes, so who knows? But the thing that I read the last couple of days are having some pretty massive explosions out in Oregon and in Washington. These are not related to quarry dynamiting. Uh, these are not related to earthquakes. They don't know what they are. But uh, one generated a two, as far as magnitude on an earthquake scale, and nobody knows what's causing them. Uh, One of the couples they interviewed said, we heard a huge explosion. We went out and part of our yard was gone. So,
0: yeah, let let me let me chime in on that, because uh, I mentioned Tuesday night that we've got about 16 categories that I've sketched out that we're going to be talking about over the next few months. If the Lord doesn't come back at our Tuesday night prophecy night with Not By Works Ministries. And one of those is how the stage is being set geologically. And when you may, when you refer to those explosions, I called up my my notes, my kind of working notes here as I sketch out these plans, and I put in parentheses, you know, earthquakes, strange noises, strange explosions, and strange trumpet sounds. Now, it would be really insightful, I think, for listeners to go back and do their own research on how, over the last ten or fifteen years, especially, there have been these bizarre reports of trumpet sounds. And, you know, loud explosions coming from underground that people cannot explain. I mean, these are documented, but in mainstream newspapers and media reports, local news, people calling nine one one in the masses because they heard these explosions. The emergency personnel come out. They can't find anything. They don't see any evidence of it. And to me, uh, it, it's just another example of, you know, the earth groaning. And as part of the spiritual climax that we're headed to uh, now, I realized the the site, the example you cited had, you know, a, an explosion and a crater and things like that. There's a lot of that going on, too. But the point is, the stage is being set geologically. And this is just one more example.
1: Well, definitely. And the thing is, if anybody knows anything about earthquakes the Cascadia subduction zone is right off the coast of um. Washington and Oregon. Yes, that's where it's at. And so if these are somehow related to earthquakes and they just can't pinpoint a fracture zone yet, I would be very concerned because there's getting to be a lot of them. They're getting bigger. And so there is something happening there that people need to take a close look at, especially since we had the transformers damaged out there around Christmas time. Definitely something going on in that area that is just not normal. No doubt. All right. On to the good news. We'll start with China because that's the lesser of two evils right now. Um, China has again stepped up their uh, military presence around Taiwan. For a while, they were using four or five planes, maybe a ship or two. Uh, day before yesterday, they're back up to 34 aircraft plus additional um, ships in the area. And they're getting pretty gutsy because they're going over the media line, which cuts the Strait in between Taiwan and China in half and they're 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 doing it more often. They're really starting to challenge Taiwan and ta- basically China wants to do this. They want to do it fast. they want to do it peaceably, but I don't think that's going to happen. but the Straits and the South China Sea between February and March again give them a calm period in which they can move. If the Russians would, in fact, move in the next couple of weeks, I think China would take full advantage of everything they could there. Our North Korean friend said yesterday that he doesn't want any help from the West and he's ready for war. And I believe he needs Japan and South Korea. All of the missiles that he's testing are basically aimed in that area. I think he's got them in their target and I think he's ready for them. So China... North Korea, I think we're going to see them probably move at the same time. Now, on the Russian front, this is where it gets really dicey. Vladimir Putin held his speech yesterday, which we knew he was going to do, just not when, but his great patriotic speech basically said, we again, after 80 years, have German tanks on our border." just on and on, going against the Nazis. I mean, you need to listen to it, but the man is serious. He is prepared to launch an invasion or a, a greater attack, whatever. His uh, defense minister, Olail Reznikov, says it will begin by February 24th. Now, that yeah, gives us three weeks, so who knows? I mean, there's a lot of things that can take place in between now and then. But we now have 500,000 troops that are moving, another 200,000 troops that are north of Kiev, waiting to see if there's any response from NATO as far as Poland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and they're ready to move in either direction if they have a put put a blocking move in there to prevent any counterattack by NATO or U.S. forces.
0: So go back to what you said about what that defense minister was that a German defense minister or no, a this is the this Russian is the
1: Russian defense okay. minister uh minister Olakil Riznito Riznikov, sorry. Yeah I'm hard to pronounce some of these names. Sure. He so said this will take place by fifty. 24th.
0: by february twenty fourth, which is, you know, kind of in line with what a lot of experts have been saying about the the drum beats there. Um, I find it fascinating that, that that Putin was sort of conjuring up uh, thoughts of of World War II and referencing the German tanks and just sort of, you know, there's just a lot of rhetoric there that is clearly headed in a direction that is not favorable for the world if he if he convinces himself, that this is uh, kind of the reincarnation of, of Stalin or a reemergence of of a, another Hitler-style attack that he has to defend, uh, you know, then then yeah, this is this is definitely just more more evidence that you know we are we are living in unsettling. Uh, times it, will it happen? And you know, by the twenty fourth, who knows? Um, again, we're not here to set dates. We're just here to present information. And, and by the way, I so appreciate Randy the way you diligently kind of harvest the data and sh- obviously screen out some things. I mean, you probably screen out twice as much as you actually present because it's you know you don't find it to be credible. But uh, but anyway, what else have you got about Russia?
1: Well, okay, as far as Russia goes, they are well supplied. Uh, Putin has an 82% approval rating, highest he's ever had. His forces are on the ground. Their morale is good, and they are marching. Now, they're doing it slowly, but I think what he, he has another surprise for him, and I think there will be another attack force coming up around Crimea into Odessa. I think he's going to do an amphibious landing there to crush that part that way Crimea is going to be protected since Zelensky keeps saying he's going to attack Crimea, I would say there are zero chances of that happening. Now, basically, Putin has said he wanted everybody in place on February 1st. He wants this war over by August. That's seven months. So what's concerning is um, everybody says, oh, he's going to be very slow, very methodical for him to move across Ukraine. And take it so the way he wants it. He's going to have to move with lightning speed. And since Russia's or Ukraine is now frozen, well, we can anticipate this could be a fairly fast move. Now, remember, tactical nuclear weapons were given to the unit commanders two weeks ago. They need, they need no authorization from Putin to use those. If they deem it necessary for the survival of their company, they can use them which, you know, you kind of hope you have stable commanders and nobody gets a hold of the launch codes. But, you know, it, it that makes it dicey. No country has ever done that. So he's relinquished control for the tacticals, but he still has the ICBM codes and everything. He will handle that. But the tubes are open on the ICBMs. We still have that frigate off the East Coast manned with the uh, Zircon. Missiles. We still have the Russians and the Chinese out in the Pacific Ocean, and there's rumors that there could be something happening around Cuba and Venezuela. Also, we're basically becoming encircled. So, is his plan to annihilate us? Is his plan to blackmail us? Or is it just a plan to? This is your warning. If you want to start something, we're ready to do it. Um, the Belgorod. Submarine is somewhere in the North Atlantic between Great Britain and the United States. It has 13 Poseidon missiles with 100 megaton warhead. So everything's set. Everything is ready to go. Now, I did a little research and I got the updated targets in the United States on a first strike. I'm going to read those to you real quick. On a first strike, it will be kidnapped Naval Base, Oregon. Maelstrom Air Force Base, Montana, Hill Air Force Base, Utah, Minot Air Force Base, North Dakota, Effie Warren Air Force Base, Wyoming, Elmendorf Air Force Base, Alaska, Peterson, Schriever, Buckley, and Fort Carson, Colorado, Kirkland Air Force Base, New Mexico, Offutt Air Force Base, Nebraska, Whitman Air Force Base, Missouri. Marksdale Air Force Base, Louisiana, Washington, D.C. in its entirety, uh, Transmitter Cutler in Maine, that is a communications center, Kings Bay Naval Base, Georgia, Hawaii, Pearl Harbor, Pickham Air Force Base, the Guam is also on the list. Now, from launch, using regular ICBMs, it takes 30 minutes from Russia to the United States. The United States will be able to determine a launch has occurred, but they will not know the destination for at least 10 to 20 minutes. It takes 30 minutes to get the bombers off the ground. It takes five minutes to launch the ICBMs. The submarines can be launched at any time, so we don't know what our response would be. It is still the position of the United States. We will not launch on warning. Now, I'm hoping they change that because things have changed since Quentin wrote that many, many years ago. Now,
0: yeah, let me let me interject. Of- let me interject on that. So, yeah, we're talking there about PDD 60. I've actually got uh, a PDF of that official government document there. It's still up. You can link to it at one of the dot gov sites. Uh, but that's the uh, uh, kind of the change in nuclear strategy that says we will wait to absorb a first strike but prior to launching in retaliation. And the the rationale, at least ostensibly behind it, was that you know we don't want to mistakenly retaliate on something that turns out to be a mistake or it wasn't really a launch, and so we want to be sure that we've really been hit before we retaliate. But anyway, it definitely is part of the luciferian uh agenda all along and one of the things that i wanted to go back to is your comment uh about the you know the fact that these whoever has the launch codes could be some crazy person i think that's the the unknown here i mean i the older i get and the more i research the luciferian conspiracy the less i believe that things happen by accident or or organically uh, but they do sometimes happen that way most of it i think is is staged or set up or they may make it appear like some lone wolf made a did something stupid, but really it's uh it's 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 kind of orchestrated in some way. But that said, you still cannot dismiss entirely the notion of a complete you know, just psychic, you know, breakdown or some something that somebody does that even the Luciferians don't know about are, or are surprised about. And of course, the more they put their p- people and their systems in place, and the more they're kind of getting ready for the move into the next phase, the, the, the higher the percentage is that there could be a, a mess up or a mistake or something that, you know, somebody does. So, I, uh, now, I want to comment on the list. I've seen that same, uh, some of those same uh, uh, bases that you just rattled off uh, from your sources uh, as well. I actually talk about Maelstrom and Minot, both, I think, in Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist uh, and some of the role that they've played in, in some of the past uh, things, paranormal things that have happened. But uh, the reality is, And and a lot of experts have been been saying this for 20 years, that when the Luciferians are ready to bring down America, it's definitely going to be a hot war, World War III, but they're not necessarily, with the exception of D.C., as you mentioned, going to try to destroy our cities and our infrastructure. There's time enough to destroy the people and depopulate our country later, uh, and they're already doing that. Uh, But what they're going to do is hit strategic defense outposts that decapitate the united states so that we have no choice but to sign on to a new world order for our own protection it's basically either you're a sitting duck and we'll wipe you off of earth or you'll come on board the new world order and join in you know with what what's happening and then of course that sets the stage for the rise of the antichrist so We're not trying to scare people here, but this is what Randy just described is very much in keeping with what a lot of geopolitical experts have been saying and I've been uh, reading about and studying for years uh, that these military establishments are the target.
1: Yes, for the first strike, if it's a limited strike, which it probably would be, there will be other targets besides these, I'm sure, because we have so many bases around the world. But you have to understand 30 minutes from launch. Now before it's going to take 10 to 15 minutes for them to determine the trajectory where it's going. Then they have to institute the emergency action message, which will sound like the message you get from a storm or other natural cataclysmic catastrophe, whatever. You need to understand your maximum warning will be 10 minutes, more likely four minutes. That will come on every broadcast system there is. It will tell you an impact is about to happen. It's not going to probably tell you where because they're not going to have that information. But understand, we have no nuclear fallout shelters in the United States or Canada. The United States does not have a plan of response after a nuclear attack. They have never taken the time to figure it out. They basically go, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what will be left. So what I want to highlight is you're going to be on your own. You're going to be on your own for quite a while. If this worst case scenario happens, it could easily take six months or longer. If the EMPs go off before a nuclear strike, which you're pretty certain it would be, and if we're hit with a cyber attack, remember the transformers, the heavy transformers needed in many areas takes five years to install now they're manufactured by china i don't think china is going to be sending any, mm-hmm. because more than likely china's attack will be in conjunction with the russians uh martial law will be declared and basically that'd be a great time to bring in our new currency for them to get total control of what they want when the smoke clears you're going to find a lot less people you're going to find people walking around in a daze for months um, as a firefighter i can tell you what burning flesh what dead flesh smells like but i cannot relate to you the horror of what this is going to be like there is no way to describe it yeah there, um, uh, so better off for the dead than the live
0: yeah no question and again you know we're not saying you know head for the hills the sky is falling uh, but we are say the sky is going to fall that's biblical we know that's happening uh it's just a question of when and and what i've come to believe and as i've outlined in my two spirit of the antichrist books and again if you're just new to the program or just uh, kind of signed on with not by works in recent weeks you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org spiritoftheantichrist.org and you can check out uh, all of the information in that two volume set but what we are saying is that It is going to happen at some point. Will it be in our lifetime? Uh, Frankly, you used to going back, you know, years in ministry, I've been in ministry 35 years. I would say that, you know, will this be in our lifetime? Now I've gotten to be where I'm so confident that these types of things are going to happen in our lifetime. It's more a question of, is it going to happen this decade? You know, that's kind of how I feel. Again, I'm not a prophet. I I clearly could be wrong. Uh, I hope I am wrong. I hope that uh, the Lord raptures the church today, that would be wonderful, Uh, but I hope if he delays his coming that, uh, you know, we have, you know, many more decades of normalcy for our children and grandchildren to, you know, and I use normalcy with air quotes because, you know, very little is normal anymore, but at least we, you know, won't have this type of devastation that we know they're planning on. Uh, I hope that happens for decades, but the fact of the matter is, you know, all signs point to a culmination of these uh these events now i've said many times we don't know how much more they feel like they need to do they being the luciferians to set the stage they're working behind the scenes um are they targeting 2025 and 26 like they say they are? And will they succeed? We don't know. Will they run into some stumbling blocks? Will the Lord intervene? Remember, the Lord is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. He may say, nope, I'm not ready. Let's push it back another 10 years. We don't know. But the fact is, we need to be we need to be ready. Uh, one other piece of information that caught my attention this week, Randy, and in, in, that kind of, I think, undergirds this notion that there is a prevailing sense of nuclear missiles being targeted toward the United States is that uh, Donald Trump, who's of course running for president again, uh, was on the campaign trail and he gave a speech in which he promised to build a, a nationwide canopy over the entire uh, country uh, to, that would insulate us from any incoming missiles. Now, apart from the science of that, uh, I mean, Trump. Trump, of course, is known for his wild and grandiose, uh, you know, declarations that have no basis in truth. Uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, I think he he made promises in his first term, like he was going to put up a wall, which never got put up. He put up pieces of it to make a pretense of, yeah, we're we're going to do this. But uh, I tell you what, with it with the technology, I mean, if they can build a Walgreens on the corner in like 72 hours you know you walk you drive by a corner there's nothing there drive by a week later there's a open functioning walgreens or something you know if they have, we have the technology we could easily build a wall in no time at all so it wasn't that we couldn't do it uh, he just didn't do it. So anyway, but why would he bring that up? What what does he know? What are his sources telling him as a presidential candidate and former president, by the way? Uh, you know, it just it's there's a lot of little anecdotes like that that seem to indicate people are thinking about the atmosphere.
1: Well, you know you you dismiss that as just whatever is nutty. But we thought the same thing about Reagan with S.D.I. Everybody was making fun of it as far as Star Wars, but the technology we have today was because of that research. Now, the good thing is you can head east. I believe the Amish communities look like they're going to be safe. If you can get there and get intermixed with them in the next couple weeks, you may not have to worry about a direct strike. They look like they're out of it.
0: Yeah. Now, SDI, you know, start with a Star Wars thing that actually came about. And I'm not, I'm by no means a physicist or, you know, astronomist or anything like that. But, uh, that my understanding is was much more plausible and actually was put in place to a large extent. Now, under the Obama uh, regime, we we dismantled most of that. And I've talked to top level defense uh, sources that I have uh, that, you know, that worked on SDI actually uh, and talk about how Obama pretty much dismantled it. So we are still vulnerable now. But to me, there's a difference between, you know, some type of,, uh, Technology where you shoot down an incoming missile and disable it uh, with uh, directed energy technology, which we know exists, versus building a physical sort of tangible material shield that will cover the the country. not to mention the implications of that in terms of weather and all of that. But who knows? Uh, the my only point was, uh, I don't know enough about it to critique it necessarily, but it was just interesting to me that there is more talk of some type of need. You know, he he created Star Wars. I mean, he created the U.S. Space Force. That's very recent. That's been in the last five years. So uh, and I asked uh, some, some of my sources, I think I mentioned this in the book, why, what's the purpose of it? Because, you know, we know that part of it from... Uh, whistleblowers and not, not so much whistleblowers, but people that have leaked information was their concern over these uh, all these UFOs and what the threats could be from outside this world, which, as I address in the book, we believe are dimensional or demonic. But this gentleman that I talked to said, it's also because You know, we we know that the next battle is going to be waged through intercontinental ballistic missiles and we need to have technology available in in the stars, so to speak, to to deal with it. So there are a lot of precinct reporting, so to speak, that indicate people are concerned uh, about some type of nuclear attack. uh, And all we're doing is sort of showing you that that sounds legitimate.
1: Yeah. You know, the United States, during the strategic arm limitation talks, basically, had on the table a complete anti-ballistic missile system for the United States. But to get an agreement with the Russians, we gave that up. So the only anti-ballistic missiles we have right now are based in California. And there's just a few of them around the air bases. Otherwise, we we are sitting here, sitting ducks. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, we could hope this matter in the Ukraine is contained there. There's a chance of that. But if it's not, or if Putin finally figures out with ascended tanks and everything else, we're all in it, then we're in trouble. But I want everybody to keep at the back of your mind, I don't worry about Russia as much as I worry about China. China has everything to gain, nothing to lose. They are sitting there waiting to take over Taiwan. They can do that before we can get enough troops there to stop it. And... um, the Chinese are motivated to do that. Yeah. So, and not to mention the Middle East, Iran and Israel are going back and forth every day with their drone strikes, their missile strikes. Uh, we know that the Iranians have enough fissile material for four bombs. We also believe now that they probably have those mounted on missiles or in a bomb, courtesy of the Russians, due to all of the arms that the Iranians have been providing. So, can't count it out. Israel is a nuclear state. They have 66 missiles on standby at all times, another 160 in storage. But that, you know, so they are a formidable foe. But we know sooner or later it's going to break out between them two. And that could break out everything else. Because Putin warned yesterday in his speech, Israel, if you provide the Iron Dome system to Ukraine, you're going to be on the tip of their spear
0: and the iron dome is a defense uh, missile defense system right yes yeah so yes. before we wrap up uh, tell us what you uh, personally are looking for or keeping an eye on over the over the weekend and and what are some things you're you're going to be looking for
1: all right well i'm looking for troop movement in the ukraine first but i'm also watching the chinese very closely because they're stepping up all the um, aircraft ships around Taiwan. So I know they're getting ready for something. I keep watching the GPS, making sure it's not down, making sure we have the internet, TV and everything. That way we know we don't have an EMP problem. You'll see an EMP, but remember it only takes three to take out the entire United States after which we have no um, no connection to anybody. And watch the internet because the internet's been having some problems lately We know that they cut the cables, the internet's gone. So if you start noticing problems, go to another means of communication if you can. But in the meantime, get everything you would need for six months. Get it as soon as you can, because the supply chain is not in good shape. And once any hostilities like this break out, there will be no supplies.
0: Yeah, so uh, there will be possibly some... If you're paying attention, some early warning signs that could be an indication that something's about to happen. One of those you mentioned is if the internet goes down or if the GPS system goes down, because uh, as I understand it, they these missile launches will uh, use GPS systems and they could sort of commandeer them uh, or certainly impact, you know, mess mess them up. So they are just things to be paying attention to. And remember, Proverbs 22, 3 says, "The wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it." So. Be wise. Well, Randy, thanks so much for, for joining us today. We'll be uh, eager to see what does unfold in the next week and look forward to talking to you. If the Lord doesn't come back again uh, next week, I want to close out uh, by just asking for your prayers for uh, me and Wendy and our family. You know, as the Lord expands the reach and the audience of NBW ministries, uh, we are seeing an increase in uh, spiritual warfare and satanic attacks. Uh, Uh, My father actually sent me a quote uh, this morning. My dad's mom and dad are just, you know, uh, godly Christian parents and uh, some of our biggest uh, fans and uh, supporters, and my dad's a great counselor of mine, Uh, but he sent me a quote uh, from John A. Shad, an author and professor in a book that he wrote back in 1928 called Salt from My Attic, but he said, quote, "'A ship in a harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are for.'" And uh, at Not By Works, we left the harbor a long time ago, and we've been out there uh, proclaiming the truth, uh, proclaiming the gospel, and the gospel certainly is, uh, you know, something that Satan wants to blind men's hearts to, 2 Corinthians 4.4. And uh, we just believe as we get closer and closer to the end times, especially with the uh, popularity of our books, uh, which just continue to be bestsellers, uh, the Spirit of the Antichrist books, and then new opportunities. You know, between now and May, we're going to be speaking at several conferences across the country. uh, and, and, And as that happens, we see the attacks intensify. And so, uh, you know, we're not scared by any means because we know the Lord is in control. But at the same time, we know that according to Ephesians 6, the spiritual battle that we are engaged in, one of the key weapons in it is prayer, and so we're just putting out a call to, for people to pray for our family, pray for traveling safeties as we travel, pray for the Lord's protection as people try to discredit and uh, to uh, harm and injure our ministry. Uh, people, uh, you know, we get, we're get we getting an increase in strange calls and hang-ups. We're getting an increase in uh, cryptic emails. Uh, you know, we we just we can't you know, speculate, and I'm not trying to be sound paranoid here. Although I've I've often told people I'm so paranoid I think the people in front of me are following me, but that just comes from 15 years of you know and almost 20 years of studying uh, the Luciferian conspiracy. But uh, but so, I don't mean to sound paranoid, but it is a reality. So, pray for us,, uh, lots of great podcasts out there this week. I mean, it's amazing. It just was one of those weeks where several scheduled, you know interviews just all happened at the same time. So we've got three, a podcast, and there should be a fourth one that drops today from Prophecy Watchers, where Mondo Gonzalez and I have these short, uh, sort of roundtable discussions uh, in a similar style to Joe Rogan, and talk about the Rapture. Mondo is just a phenomenal. Interviewer and uh, extremely intelligent uh, uh, prophecy expert. And so we have several of those out there now that d- dropped this week one called The Imminency of the Rapture, one on how many raptures will there be, one on the myth that refuses to die. Then we did an interview with uh, a, a biblical group called Biblical Citizens Let's Roll out of San Diego, a live or a radio interview that's now a podcast called Strange Times and Dark Powers. Uh, we've got, of course, part one. Of my The Time Is Now, Setting the Stage Prophetically Prophecy Night message from Tuesday night. Uh, and then, we, as I mentioned, we've got the one with Bill Perkins of Compass International, all of these this week. And then, don't forget, of course, in addition to this podcast today with Randy, we've got the Stand Up for the Truth uh, podcast, which uh, we also recorded live today. That's a live radio show, and uh, that one was called The Rise of Anti-Christian Sentiment, Persecution, and Anti-Semitism. So anyway, check all of those out. Please pray for us. Keep us. Uh, keep in touch. Let us know if we can do anything for you. You can reach us at notbyworks.org on the web or through all of the usual uh, social media outlets, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, if we can ever do anything, let us know. Until then, we will uh, be back on again Sunday with my live stream from Plum Creek Chapel. That's at 9 o'clock, as well as 10 uh, 25, 1020, something like that on Sunday. But you can go to notbyworks.org and click on live stream. So God bless everyone. Thanks again uh, for listening, and we will see you next time.